0: Welcome to the Push-Through Podcast, where each week we tackle some of the most difficult areas of business as a shop owner, contractor, or manufacturer with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking minds in business development, marketing, entrepreneurship, and leadership. These are conversations designed to educate, inspire, and empower business owners and leaders to push through the barriers and thresholds they see before them. Join us for the ride at thepushthru.com. That's thepushthru.com, where you can find in-depth articles and show notes from each episode. Get ready for the push-through and your host, Jeff Finney.
1: Welcome, everybody. I'm Jeff Finney, and today, before we get to our interview with Bo Lewis, I wanted to make sure and tell you about the International Woodworking Fair in Atlanta, upcoming this August in 2018. Registration officially opens this Thursday on the, the 4th. Not only have I attended several IWFs in the last several years, uh, this year my company Ultimate Cabinet Components is also going to have a booth, which we're very excited about for the first time ever. Uh, just to put it plainly, the IWF is by far the best place to expand your knowledge and understanding of our uh, woodworking industry. So if you've never been, I strongly recommend you go in 2018. Again, and it's in August. I guarantee that you will not regret it, and you will leave with more than you came with, even if it's only an understanding of what all is out there that you've never seen before. So come join me, thousands of others, uh, at the 2018 International Woodworking Fair this August. Registration is open January 4th at iwfatlanta.com, or follow the link in the show notes, There's also a code UCPD18 that'll get you $5 off your registration. Please click that. Show some support for our sponsors, which helps support us. Thank you, and now let's get to our episode. Welcome back to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Finney, and this is episode 001, The Lewis Cabinet Story. Uh, I'm excited to finally be to this point of airing our podcast. It took a ton of effort to get here and I'm really pumped about the content that we're gonna be sharing. I I think the uh, cabinet industry as a whole really needed this kind of content. So for today we have uh, Bo Lewis with All Moxie Consulting Services. He's also part of the Lewis Cabinet Specialties family and we'll learn more about that story here in just a minute. But right now he's back to All Moxie Consulting which is a online ordering system and he's helping on the back end of building that out with uh, individual cabinet component manufacturers. Um, Lewis cabinet specialties is an outsourcing powerhouse in my mind that is changing the face of the cabinet industry as we know it. And I met Bo and his band of brothers about two years ago, and instantly knew that they were worth keeping tabs on. So Bo, uh, happy to have you here. I'm glad you were able to join us for the push through and um, tell us a little bit about yourself kind of fill in the gaps for us. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. It's good to be, it's good to be with you today. I, uh, I apologize too. I've got a little bit of a cold, but uh, uh, if you don't mind the sniffles, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of year. We are, uh, yeah. So I grew up in in the manufacturing industry with my dad, uh, manufacturing hardwood doors. Um, in two thousand eight, as the market was uh, tanking, and, and I mean, <laughs> any of us that lived through that time period, uh, that rings a bell. And um, so, so times got tough. And when times got tough, uh, and we were wondering how to keep moving forward uh, and, and growing the business, my dad came into the office and said, Hey guys, let's, uh, let's add box components. And uh, a lot of these guys are going to be losing their equipment. They're going to need an outsource, just like they did with doors back in the day. And he said, Let, Let's add box components. So in 2009, Um, Lewis cabinet added box component manufacturing and all the while uh, throughout all of that whole process um, my older brother Brady who is always the devil's advocate and trying to figure out ways to do things better he uh, he came to us and said hey let's let's build an online ordering platform and let's automate every piece of our business that we can let's fire ourselves and so that's been our motto for the last um, you know, I don't know, since then, is let's fire ourselves today, and so we do that every day, we, we, we try and fire ourselves, and so out of that, we, we built a web solution for ourselves that um, Oracle and SAP and that suite were having a hard time uh, fulfilling, and the cost was just so high, and it still wasn't going to do exactly what we wanted to, so we built that, that web-based platform for ourselves at Lewis Cabinet. And then realized uh, that we had a niche uh, somewhere to go. A lot of companies were in need of that product, uh, so we took it to market. Uh, split the companies, drew fiduciary lines, and uh, have since gone into the market and yeah. have uh, well over 300 companies that are that are signed up and in every varying process of all Moxie. That's fantastic. wonderful.
1: Yeah. So before we. Uh Get into the interview i've got to ask you this burning question i mean if you have been a business owner or an entrepreneur or anything at one point in your journey you've asked this question if only there was another me and i've just got to ask this to you you've got a twin brother um, so, so that's as close as any of us are ever going to get. Tell us about some of that relationship. How does that work? Is it work to your advantage or, or just drive you, make you more successful or kind of just drive you nuts? Tell us something about that. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I do have
2: a twin and we are identical with exception to the fact that I cut off my middle finger, uh, <laughs> when I was 18, uh, out at the factory and, uh, yeah yeah uh, no we we drive off each other in fact uh he finishes my sentences and i finish his and it makes for a pretty lethal combination uh, i can
1: imagine i i actually experienced that at the uh, awfs last year when i was hanging out with your brother <laughs> for a minute um, or maybe it was you i don't know rem- it was your brother um yeah and we were standing in the booth and he picks up the phone to call you and literally as he's calling you you're walking into the back side of the booth and uh, the same <laughs> at the same exact time in this big huge show, I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty comical how you kind of on the same wavelength. So, uh, anyway, story bad. of my life. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So you know, you kind of touched briefly about you know kind of the, some of the downs of you know the downturn of the economy and how you guys you know started ramping up the the component cutting on the cabinet side, which is uh, which is awesome. But you know, yeah. take us take us to a point before then, like you know before you noticed that need in the market, like what was kind of a hard, you know, what was a hard time in the Lewis cabinet when you're, because I'm sure there were some bumps on the road, especially implementing a, you know, a ERP system or whatever, you know, all moxie with the online ordering and everything. I'm sure there were some tough patches, you know, take us through some of that kind of building blocks.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's been in that situation where uh, you're dealing with custom orders. You're, you're trying to you're trying to create a system that will just run and capture all of those orders, and it was a mess. I mean, we had uh, we had a, a big office staff that was trying to process those, and and uh, we didn't know exactly where they were in the shop, and things were getting lost or the formula was off, and it just got. I mean, it was really hard to grow a business, and and we were struggling with just the day-to-day uh, nature of. Of manufacturing complex products and and we found ourselves just buried inside the business rather than working on it we were working in it day to day and uh, that it's that's that's a painful spot to be in that if you leave on a vacation the whole business falls apart
1: right oh and we've all been there and I've you know I'm a big proponent of working Working on your business and not in it. And I didn't really start going down that road till a couple of years ago, but man, it's got a profound effect on everything you do. Just like you said, every day your your goal is to kind of fire yourself, and, and, and meaning that you know you're making your business stronger by doing that. And uh, I mean, that's just that's a huge concept. It's an e- easy thing to say, but it's a hard thing to actually start okay. implementing. You know, going from the guy on the shop floor that's cutting all the boards to going to the business owner that's running his business that's a big difference
2: yeah absolutely yeah and we, we, we definitely were filling those pains and uh, you know realized that the value of our business was, was what it was when we're not there that's the true value and, and so we started just figuring out what we had to do to get to the point and then solving those problems one day at a time
1: so I had to be a little um, whatever a little gut-wrenching going through that process because you're you're kind of almost having to Um, eat your own pudding a little bit because you're, you know, you're not just going the conventional route of hiring another salesman or uh, putting out more brochures or whatever it is that, you know, the traditional marketing methods. I mean, you're kind of uh, building this back-end system to perform all these tasks for you. And I mean, you had to really, uh, man, that seems like a big step uh, to, to take that, to really believe in what you guys were doing there.
2: Well, yeah, you know, I think on top of that, it was just changing the the mindset of what how we approached each day. Um, it did, it did take a little bit longer uh, to build those solutions rather than just solve them for the day or for the week or month or whatever. We knew they were more long term, and sometimes they took three months for us to build uh, those features and things, but. Uh, it was definitely a a marathon run right yeah. I mean it, it is a business is a marathon run right so
1: well yeah. and, and i I was lucky enough to visit your shop uh, last about this time last year if I remember right and uh, oh, that's right. spent yeah. the day with you guys and kind of walked around and saw some of your stuff and one thing I noticed um, beyond just the efficiencies of your shop and the, the how almamoxy was integrated into your dashboards and everything is I just kind of noticed this whole um, this whole culture and with with my business i've i've been on both sides of the you know having a great crew having a bad crew not being able to figure out how to get the right team and um you know talk to us a little bit about that because i know you when we were there i didn't really we didn't really deep dig into your culture but i mean it was it was prevalent i mean it was there when you walked through you know people had smiles on their faces they were <laughs> happy to see you you know they were shaking yeah. your hand when you're walking around it's not uh, it's not this dark dismal place to work so i mean talk to us a little bit about how you uh you know is, is the c- culture created because of these things that you've done or was this was this a concentrated effort on you guys part?
2: no it's no in fact do you get a couple hours for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> no up. i here's the thing jeff um and and this is where i actually get really excited about things that i do during the day and that's people uh, about two years ago, three years ago, I was sitting down writing my own personal mission statement, as was my, my brothers and, and my dad, and we were really trying to define what good looked like in our lives. And uh, what I found was that on on my home life and, and outside of business, it was all about people. Yet then I would come to business and work, and it was all about money. And I, I realized that I was living a dichotomy. And, uh, Together with my brothers, after a lot of conversation, we realized that it really, at the end of the day, people are what matter. And that was our success metric. So we actually changed our mission statement at Lewis Cabinet. And and that mission statement changed to at Lewis Cabinet. We, um, Our goal is to increase in personal character and economy in that order. And um, a lot of things changed at that time. We, we hired a... Uh, a 31-year-old gunny sergeant, and his goal, his, his whole objective, was that of um, creating, uh, helping them, all of our employees tie their why, identify what it was that they were trying to succeed at and do in life, and then tie that back to their position. And you know, in some, in some efforts, it actually hurt the business. We, we would, uh, There was one guy that I remember, his, his why was all about his kid. And his kid lived in Las Vegas. And at the end of the day, what that meant was that we had to find him a job in Las Vegas and send him on his way to fulfill his dream. Right. And that meant pulling him off the clamp. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, But all of those efforts have created what I feel, along with um, my favorite quote is by Antoine de Son. And he talks, I don't have it memorized word for word, but he he talks about the fact that if you want to build a ship um, you know, don't don't just hire people and, and hand them tools and, and and you know assign tasks. Rather, teach them to long for the immensity of the
1: sea. Right. So and, that uh, that I mean, by basically by putting your people in the position to, um, I guess you're putting them in the position to have that culture created. I mean, that you gives you the yeah. ability to work on your business all of a sudden, and and you kind of got the, right. the backing system to support you in in, in your you know, whatever you come up with, with your new endeavors. So, um, yeah, that's right. So, you know, I've read a lot of books and, uh, you know, listened to a lot of things on audible about, you know, creating culture and things like this and looking at neat companies. But, um, at the end of the day, I was just really, um, intrigued by, it didn't seem like your culture was something where you just had a few banners on the, on the wall or some nifty sayings, you know, at the, at the tools or something like that. It was just more of I mean, you could just tell everybody was on the same team, you know, and that's... Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, it actually, part of the the bonus compensation, uh, we we offer a bonus program, Mm -hmm. and we we take a percentage of net income, we throw it into a bucket, and we say, okay, come and get it. The way they come and get that is by their character score. That character score is dictated by the intensity at which they're reading books, by having goals, objectives, uh, et cetera. So, um, it actually... Their character growth uh, is what will award them a an economy increase, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. And that that I think that's the secret sauce that has really put a catalyst to the culture out there.
1: So you have I think the last time I talked to you you had I don't remember how many employees 80 correct me I'm sure I'm uh, wrong. That's at
2: 92 I believe okay. is what they're at right now. That's, yeah.
1: That's awesome. So, you know, do you see a pretty high? Uh, rate of, of adoption on that stuff? I mean, do you see, do you get any kickback on that or pushback on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think anything has an adoption rate, right? But the, the cool thing is, is that when you place the program in front of them and tell them, look, if you want to raise, this is how you go get it, um, you're putting it in their court. And so clearly there are people that will just shut it and not, and not be too interested. But at the end of the day, if they want to raise, that's their pathway. And uh, so therefore, it, they tend to take a, a pretty keen interest in it. Um, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of people that will start down the process simply looking for the raise. Uh, two days ago, I had a guy stop me in the parking lot and um, as I was, as I was leaving the office um, out there for a visit with with Bobby, who's uh, the CEO, and I, I was talking with him, and, and the guy said, dude, I, I started this this book challenge just to, uh, just because I had to, you could get a raise, and he said, "This thing is changing my life. It's so, <laughs> you know, it's just cool. It's really neat to watch principles change people as they have me."
1: Right. Well, and and that's the seems to me like that's the neat part about your the way you went about it. You've kind of, yes, ultimately it ends up where they're going to make more money, but the personal growth that they're going to get is worth every bit as that or more. You know, I mean, that's that's the really good cool yeah. part about the system. So. Um, yeah, I'd encourage anybody to look into that. And, uh, I, I definitely think we can, we need to delve into that maybe farther in another episode. Cause I've, like you said, I think we could really, uh, we could go, go on, tilt. <laughs> we could go on tilt about that all day long. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Uh, yeah. I got a couple hours of content there. <laughs> there you go. Well, so, uh, before so.
1: we, before we wrap up, uh, I'm a, I'm a big one thing guy. So I, you know, I try to start out, um, my weeks with kind of one big thing or, you know, that I need to do that's going to make my business better or my people better or whatever um myself better and i I, i'm always focusing on kind of one thing that makes everything else easier or unnecessary so give us kind of a give us kind of a one thing that our listeners can take away from this you know something from your culture from your company that you guys have done that you know can get us started down that same type of path
2: yeah um Jeff, I think at the end of the day, the the absolute most critical thing that I would ever want to tell somebody that that I've learned, and I wish I always understood this principle, is that people matter most. Well it doesn't matter if you're a corporation or whether you're a sole proprietor, um, at the end of the day, if we don't zoom into the level of one and clarify our business model around that one, why are we in business? right you know and uh i just think that that people matter most
1: i i think that's a huge takeaway because i mean that's that's basically just what you said you guys did you wrote down your goals and your kind of your own personal mission statement and uh you know turns out that you kind of had your maybe priorities (laughs) flip-flopped you know and once you get it down to that that core value right there um everything else can start to branch off from there yeah exactly that's pretty pretty awesome stuff well uh Hey, uh, let's jump into the, the quick cuts, we have five quick questions at the end of every episode that I want to ask our guests so we can just learn a little bit more about you personally and kind of uh, what you're all about. So, uh, man, give us, a, give us a best advice or a quote that you kind of, kind of run by.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, one that comes to mind right off the bat is, if it ain't broke, fix it. Um, <laughs> I hate the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, because at the end of the day, it's that innovation that's going to allow you to um, to move forward, and, and your company is only as valuable as what it is when you're not working on it. So to, I know too many business owners that uh, say, if, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but then they get to succession planning and they have no, how, no clue how they're going to exit their business. Mm-hmm. So if it ain't broke, fix it.
1: Fix it (laughs) every day. Well, give me a a personal habit or a trait that makes you a better person or more successful.
2: You know, I referred to this earlier in the podcast. Um, I fire myself every day. Let's let's how jump into that fight? just
1: a just a little bit. Give me give me an example on that. Um, how do you, how do you fire yourself from something? Give me an. So idea.
2: for so for example, one of the things that I was doing at, at Lewis Cabinet back in the day when I was at that company was I was uh, doing the accounting. Um, I wanted to fire that. I, I got sick and tired of calling people and trying to collect money. So I created an automated system that on day one that they're passed due on an invoice that automatically sends the email off with a link back to payment. We saw collections go from 60 days aging to 19 days aging, and that's where it sits.
1: That's and, awesome.
2: And customers don't even get a statement anymore. It changed the way we look at it, so yep. I just fired that process. So I never had to do it again.
1: Right, and they just keep going right on down the list, right? Yep,
2: yep. Uh, you know, again, there's triggers. There's there's open-ended APIs with software. You if you do something tomorrow that you didn't like doing today, it's your own fault.
1: Right, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Well, What's, you know, you, your company is, is into the outsourcing company, um, you know, Allmoxie and Lewis really both. Um, what, what's the future of that kind of outsourcing industry look like to you?
2: It's, it's trending, definitely. Um, there, there are even big manufacturers who are starting to outsource certain components. Um, I, I see it as a growing trend. It's going to continue that way and I see things coming back from offshores, which means outsource manufacturing in the United States is going to grow. I, yeah,
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly. And you know, we, uh, while well, you guys are in Utah, we're in Oklahoma, but um, we focus on box components and we're starting to see that uptick of people that just don't want to make that huge capital investment when they can get a better product at the same or less price. You know, through an outsource yeah. component person that specializes in that. So it just seems like smart business.
2: Yeah, it also takes the risk and liability off of the person that's ordering it. Um, if something goes wrong in that manufacturing process, the man, the outsource manufacturer eats it. So Exactly. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of advantages I can see.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Give us a resource or an app or software or anything that makes you better, obviously outside of all Moxie, but um, give us a resource or something that you use on a regular basis.
2: Oh, man. I, mean, I could go on with that again, <laughs> but um, again, back to the quote by Antoine de Saint, and I think principles will change you at the core. They change the way you act. They change everything about you, so uh, I know this is new information, but Audible.com, oh, yeah. uh, I'm, a, I'm constantly reading books on Audible.
1: And it's a hugely underutilized resource. I mean, that um, yeah, i'm I'm on the monthly deal, and it's every month I'm having to buy more and more credits, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly it's, it's a fantastic app. so well, and, and and my
2: other thing I would say with that, that one thing Lewis Cabinet, and Al Moxie both have done, leveraging is uh, all employees have access to audible accounts at, at our uh, you know on the company.
1: And
2: if they don't have a device, if they don't have headphones, that's all purchased for them too. Right.
1: I mean, that's, so. that's awesome because you're getting them while they're at their, at their workstation and they're learning right there. That's a, yep. that's a great idea. So. There was one
2: employee who uh, originally rolled his eyes at the idea and ended up reading 16 books a month and now owns his own business. It's just <laughs> awesome.
1: That is. That's fantastic. Uh, well, last one here, uh, what's what's a book that you kind of consider to be your favorite or your go-to?
2: Uh, I mean, there's so many. It, it's really hard to decide, but uh, I feel like the one that has added the most value to me as a leader was Crucial Conversations. It taught me how to, um, you know, find a common meaning, and, and it just really changed my ability to um, – to work with other people and especially dynamically in meetings when there's differing, um, differing personalities. Right. So well,
1: that'll be one I'll add to my reading list cause I haven't, haven't ran across that one yet.
2: That's a great book. Crucial conversations.
1: Yeah. Well, before we wrap up here, what's uh, what's a good way that our listeners can connect with you?
2: yeah so um bow at allmoxie.com is my email address by all means if you have questions thoughts or ideas or if you want to correct me on something <laughs> and then uh just our website uh yeah
1: well uh man i'm i'm really thrilled that you was able to take the time out of your day to do this i know how busy you guys are over there and um i just i know that the the cabinet world is is itching for content like this, and, and I think they're going to love the fact that you were able to be on our show and kind of give us a glimpse into the things that you guys have created between Lewis and Almoxie Moxie, and uh, we're looking forward to the future. So thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, look, I appreciate the opportunity. All
1: right, well, have I'm a good
2: looking day. You. To, I'm really looking forward to your episodes coming up.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Push Through Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and visit thepushthru.com. That's thepushthru.com for exclusive content, articles, and more.